So at the beginning of this week, I was in Scripps College in Claremont, California, attending the Women's Rabbinic Network Convention. So for a few days every other year, the nation's female reform rabbis get together for learning and connection and spiritual renewal. So one night at dinner, I find myself sitting next to a rabbi from New Jersey. She's wearing a button-up shirt. It's got embroidered black and white puppies on it. So we talk about her dog, Zeke. We talk about life in retirement for her, not for me. She asks me how hot the weather is in Phoenix right now. She was bright and lovely, very unassuming, and as in love with the chocolate cake that we had for dessert as I was. What was her name? Rabbi Sally Presand. Ordination class of 1972, yes. First woman to be ordained a rabbi in the United States. The next evening, Sally, as she enjoined all of her colleagues to call her, stepped onto the stage during our evening program for something she called story time with Sally. <laughs> she had all the women who had been ordained in the last five years come and sit at her feet on the floor, like preschool story time. So I was there on the floor. She took off her jacket that she had been wearing, it got cool at night, and she put on a cardigan, Mr. Rogers style. <laughs> and she sat down in a comfortable armchair with a pile of children's books, whose titles she had changed to be more appropriate for the occasion. So for example, rather than Harold and the Purple Crayon, she held up a copy of Anat and the Purple Talit. Or rather than Blueberries for Sal, which was a favorite when I was a kid, she had ordination for Sally, and so on. And then amidst her tales of her time as the first woman in rabbinical school, she read to us from an actual children's book called Regina Persisted, written by Sandy Eisenberg Sasso, the first woman to be ordained from the Reconstructionist Rabbinical College in 1974. It tells the too long untold story of Regina Jonas, the world's first female rabbi, who was ordained in Berlin on December 27, 1935, and served her community until she was killed at Auschwitz in 1944. And what a marvel it was, what a revelation, to be in this little college coffee shop in Claremont, California, surrounded by women who had been rabbis for four and 14 and 47 years, listening to the first American woman to be ordained a rabbi tell the story of her European predecessor, who probably never could have dreamed that the scene as it was unfolding so regular and unpretentious would ever come to be. What an experience to be carrying as we enter this Shabbat of Bamidbar, the first portion of the Book of Numbers, the Shabbat before Shavuot, and the evening before we celebrate the Benot Mitzvah of, according to Jerry, our first ever all-female class of adult learners. 
Now, as those benot mitzvah can tell you, this first portion of numbers is not the most inclusive when it comes to the recognition of women's stories. On the one hand, we are in better shape, I would say, than we were in Leviticus, where there's only one named female character in the entire book, and she's the mother of a blasphemer who gets stoned to death. But, on the other hand, these opening chapters, in which the Israelites are commanded to take a census of all the people, show that all is a relative term, when it only seems to include men of age for army service. So how did that room in California, full of women, how did they prepare themselves to serve, to defend and protect a tradition that so often refuses to count them? Indeed, how do any of us, with whatever identities we hold, find our ways back to sacred text and sacred rites when sometimes we are worried we do not know enough or do not look like the characters and thinkers we encounter year after year. I think that it is no accident that this opening census of Bamidbar, so narrow and perhaps uninviting, is always juxtaposed with the holiday of Shavuot, a holiday, I would say, of radical inclusiveness. Shavuot celebrates revelation at Sinai, where we know from Torah that all the people were present, male and female. And we know from Midrash that that oneness transcends time and space to include the souls of the Jews of every generation, those born to our tradition and those who find their way to it later in life. And we also read this holiday, the paradigmatic story of one who chooses to join the Jewish people, the story of Ruth. We find our way back to our Judaism because we know that there are moments when all of us are counted. And we know that without taking that step to stand up and be counted, as Sally Presand and Regina Jonas did, there would be no way to hold Judaism to account, to say, Hinenu, we matter, and we are here. The book of Ruth offers us a model, not just for how we might be connected and present in relationship to one another, but also how we might find a way to walk with our spiritual heritage, when it counts us and when it does not. This model is embodied in a beautiful poem by Marge Piercy called The Book of Ruth and Naomi, an excerpt of which I share with you now. When you pick up the Tanakh and read the Book of Ruth, it is a shock how little it resembles memory. It's concerned with inheritance, lands, men's names, how women must wiggle and wobble to live. Yet women have kept it dear, for the beloved elder who cherished Ruth, more friend than daughter. Daughters leave. Ruth brought even the baby she made with Boaz home as a gift. Where you go, I will go too. Your people shall be my people. I will be a Jew for you. For what is yours, I will love, as I love you, O Naomi. 
my mother, my sister, my heart. At the season of first fruits, we recall two travelers, co-conspirators, scavengers, making do with leftovers and mill ends, whose friendship was stronger than fear, stronger than hunger, who walked together the road of shards, hands joined. Al tifk ivi leozvech, entreat me not to leave you, says Ruth to her mother-in-law, or to keep from following after you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. And where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. It is these women's journey which inspires us to choose the path of togetherness, though we know not where it will lead us. It is the story of Sally Presand and Regina Jonas which inspires me to reach for dreams and truths that have been revealed to me, though I might not imagine how they will come to fruition. Ruth could never have known that day when she promised your people will be my people, that one day that people would call her ancestress of a king, progenitor of a redeemer. In the stories of the women of our history, from Bible to Berlin, from 1972 to 2019, may we all find the inspiration to stand up and be counted in our tradition and in our own lives. May this Shabbat, which precedes the moment of revelation, inspire us to take the first steps towards making our visions into realities. <laughs> and may we walk together, hands joined, into the great possibilities of unknown and wondrous futures, stronger than hunger and stronger than fear. <laughs>